Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. This morning, uh, we'll look in the book of Joel. And back a couple of weeks ago, uh, I was reading through the book of Joel. And I had thought, you know, I just... Just, I don't know why I just was led to, to try to preach a few messages and preach through the book of Joel. And then uh, this past week, as I was trying to get ready to get started in the book of Joel, I thought, what in the world? Uh, the first chapter or so of the book of Joel was pretty tough, and I uh, I struggled with it all week long uh, toward the end of the week. Uh, and I actually uh, was getting my teeth cleaned by Michelle on Thursday. She said, what you going to preach Sunday? And I said, I thought I was going to preach out the book of Joel, but goodness, it's tough, and I just don't know if we're going to make it or not. And, uh, but anyway, we're in the book of Joel this morning. We're going to kind of start out and really uh, look at the book of Joel, uh, and we will kind of look through chapter 1, but really the, the message is going to come from chapter 2, uh, down around verse 12 and 13. But, you know, really just to kind of look and kind of give a little bit of background about the book of Joel, in verse 1 of chapter 1, of the book of Joel. The Bible says the word of the Lord that came to Joel, the son of Pethuel. And you know, it's the same meaning as uh, the name Isaiah. But uh, here, even in his name, we see that Yahweh, or God, is God. And then uh, his father's name, it says, I listed his father here like so many of the, of the prophets did back in that day. Uh, his name means, uh, it means uh, directed by God. That's not the word I want to use, but uh, uh, persuaded by God. That's what I want to say. Uh, it means persuaded by God is what uh, his name means. But as we look, really, that's about all we know uh, of Joel. We don't know exactly what king he served under, under what time frame. You know, there's several different uh, thoughts. Uh, we uh, we do know that he served mainly and prophesied uh, to Judah and Jerusalem, and so really he was more prophesying to the to the southern kingdom. And as we look here in the book of Joel, we really kind of see two main themes that will that will arise out of the book of Joel. You know, the first thing that we see is we will see. That God governs. God is the one in control. God is the one that's all sovereign. He's the one that has an influence on everything that's happening uh, in our life. And you know, really, if we look during Joel's day, so many people had come to the point where uh, really they thought man was in control of everything. <laughs> And really, in our day, so many people do not recognize how that God works in their life. And I wonder, even our life, do we recognize how God works in our life? Because we may say, well, you know, it may not be exactly obvious that so many things in the world can happen today. 
and somebody will come up with an explanation on why that something happened or why this took place. But through the book of Joel, we see the thing that God is in control. He's the one that governs. He's the one that has rulership over this uh, this world. But also in the book of Joel, we see a, a message of God's grace. And we see in the book of Joel, as we go through, we'll see that even though that God is going to uh, prophesy about judgment that's coming, we see God that's gracious, that when people respond in repentance, that God's ready to restore. And you know, that's, I mean, that's true for us today as well, isn't it? You know, when we repent, God is ready to restore. He's ready to forgive. He, uh, he is ready. Through the book of Joel, we also see, as Peter was preaching here in the book, uh, in the book of Acts on the day of Pentecost, as uh, we will see that Peter actually uh, quotes out of the book of Joel when uh, he says, uh, talking about the Spirit of God coming, coming upon people. And we'll see that as we get a little bit deeper uh, in the book of Joel. But here we can kind of see the, the themes of the book of Joel. Really the book of Joel, the message for Joel, it's kind of divided into three, three different sections. You know, the first thing Joel is going to uh, prophesy about, he's going to prophesy and he's going to talk about to the people uh, concerning a great uh, invasion of locusts that has come on the land. And really all through chapter 1, we'll see that. And we'll see how the, these locusts have devoured, devoured the land. But then he's going to give them, not only talk about what has happened in the past, he's going to talk about coming judgment that's coming very soon. That they're not only going to be, uh, just like they've been invaded by these locusts, they're going to be invaded by an invading army. And he has some comparisons there. And he's showing them that judgment is coming. And then really as we go on over to chapter 3 in the book of Joel, we'll see that he's going to come back and he's going to say, even though we can see what's happened in the past, we see what's coming very quickly in the future, but then in the far distant future, he's going to also talk about uh, an, a judgment that's going to come to Israel and say that when I say Israel, I'm not talking about the country Israel, uh, that we know of the country Israel now, but uh, really talking about the descendants of Jacob, the, the descendants of the children of Israel, and how that even through all that, God is going to bless. And you know, one thing we'll see through the book of Joel is this. In the book of Joel, just like in all the prophetic books, the purpose of judgment is not to punish, but the purpose of judgment is to bring repentance. You know, that's for, for us today, as we are, as the Bible talks about in the New Testament, you know, God brings chastisement into our life at times if, we're, uh, if we go away from Him, we'll experience chastisement. And the purpose is not to punish us for our sin because 
Jesus already paid the penalty for our sin when he died on the cross, right? You know, he paid for our sin, but the whole purpose of chastisement is to bring us to repentance so that we can have a reestablish and have that close relationship uh, with God. But let's look uh, as we start out kind of in, in Joel. We'll just uh, look the very first chapter, as I say it, uh, really in the book, of, in the first chapter, Joel begins to proclaim about uh, locusts that have came upon the earth. And if we look, you know, he says in verse 2, you know, hear this, you elders. And he says, has anything like this ever happened before? You know, it was, it must have been a terrible plague that had came upon the earth with all these locusts. If we look, you know, uh, verse number three, tell your children about it. Let your children tell their children. You know, if we think back as far as during my lifetime, there has been there has been things that have happened that we still talk about today, right? And I cannot remember the year right now, but y'all remember when the big snowstorm happened? Huh? Nine, okay, there you have it. Y'all y'all remember, right? You know. Yeah, and what what Joel said, tell your children about that. I'm sure probably most of y'all have told somebody that was not even born in 93. Yeah, I remember when that stove was, you know, seven foot deep. You know, we had to shove like, what? Might not have quite been that deep. Y'all know what I'm talking about, right? right, right. You know, and, and there are other events that have happened in the country that we still all remember that was horrific. You know, some will remember things like Pearl Harbor. Right? Others will remember things such as uh, 9 11. And here, Joel is coming back and he's bringing this thing of locusts and this tragedy that happened. And what he's going to do, he's going to say, when all this happened, look how bad it was. And then in chapter 2, he's going to say, but this invasion that's going to come because of your ju the judgment of God. It's going to be worse. You know, look on as as we just kind of scan on down uh, chapter chapter two. He talks about the you know when the the swarming locusts. Uh, verse four, the chew, uh, well really uh, uh, what the chewing locusts left, the swarming locusts eat. What the swarming locusts left, the crawling locusts eat. What the crawling locusts left, the consuming locusts have eaten. You know, he goes down into verse number uh, five. And he's, uh, he begins to, there at verse 5, he begins to share that there's no more grapes. The locusts ate all the grapes. They can't even, they, you know, there's, there's nothing else there. He goes on, uh, if you continue to read on down, he, uh, he's, we can see that there's no more grain. Uh, verse number 10, you know, the, uh, well, verse number 9, he said there's, there's not even enough grain to bring an offering to God. So if we see what during this time there was no grapes left, the locusts that ate all them, ate all the vines, ate all the grapevines, they had ate all the grain. If you jump on down to the very end of chapter one, 
You'll even see where it says that the animals begin to mourn and begin to uh, cry out because of the great plague. But let's start this, this morning uh, with verse number 13. And let's all read together, or let's all stand in reverence to God's Word. And we're going to read 13 through 15, and then we'll jump on over to chapter 2 and uh, finish up through chapter 2 and, and really preach from chapter 2, 12, and 13. But let's look. Gird yourselves and lament, you priests. Wail, you who minister before the altar. Come lie all night in sackcloth, you who minister to my God. For the grain offering and the drink offering are withheld from, uh, from the house of your gods. Consecrate a fast. Call a sacred assembly. Gather the elders and all the inhabitants of the land into the house of the Lord your God and cry out to the Lord. Alas, for the day, for the day of the Lord is at hand. It shall come as destruction from the Almighty. Let's pray. Lord, I just pray this morning as we look in your word. God, I just pray first off, God, for your anointing. God, I pray that everything that's said would be what you have said. God, I pray for your, for your spirit, God, to move about us in this place. Lord, I just pray for wisdom. God, I pray for clearness of thinking. God, I pray most of all, God, you receive glory and honor. Lord, for everything that happens in this place this morning. Have your way in this service. Lord, draw us all to yourself. In Jesus' name, amen. Y'all can be seated. You know, here, Joel, there's another theme that we see in the, in the book of Joel so many times. This uh, He says here in verse 15, for the day of the Lord, is at hand. You know, if we jump on over to, uh, and as I said, all of chapter 1 is talking about this destruction that the locust brought on. But we see that Joel comes back and he attributes to this and he said, you know, God was the one in control of this. And we see that he, he talks about this, the day of the Lord. In chapter 2, verse 1, he says, blow the trumpet in Zion and sound an alarm in my holy mountain, let all the inhabitants of the land tremble, for the day of the Lord is coming, for it is at hand. You know, for uh, so many, this the day of the Lord, it's, we first off, we don't want to make sure that we don't get it confused with the day of the Lord and the Lord's day, right? I mean, so many times we call Sunday the Lord's day. I heard, uh, or read, I didn't hear, I read uh, a statement that J. Vernon McGee had made. I don't know if y'all, I mean, a lot of y'all probably have heard him or read some of his stuff before. But they said the difference, he said the difference in the day of the Lord and the Lord's day is as different as a chestnut horse and a horse chestnut. Right? So, uh, y'all, right? I mean, y'all, some of y'all, uh, there you have it. But, uh, but the Lord's day is the day we're here to worship 
But the day of the Lord is the day that God is going to carry out his plan on the earth. And if we look, you know, the day of the Lord, for some, it is a, it's a day of great judgment. But, you know, the day of the Lord can also be a day of great blessing. Right? You know, it really just depends on where we're at. You know, when uh, I, uh, if Jesus came back today, for some, it'd be a day of great mourning, wouldn't it? It'd be a day of great sadness. But for others, it would be a day of great rejoicing. And you know, that's, that's here Joel is showing this same thing. The day of the Lord, he first, in chapter 1, he was letting us know that all that that happens, God is in control. He's the one that brings it past. In chapter 2, he comes back and he says, but there's a, there's a, the, for the day of the Lord is coming. It's coming quick. Judgment is about to come on Judah if they do not change. Uh, as we continue down the passage, he will, it begins as well, and he begins to compare the, the first judgment to this judgment that's coming. But let's jump on down into uh, into verse 12. And here in verse 12 of Joel chapter 2, we saw see that God caused the people of Judah and the people of Israel to repentance. What does he say? Now therefore, says the Lord, turn to me with all your heart, with fasting and weeping and with mourning. So rid your heart and not your garments. Return to the Lord your God for he is gracious and merciful, slow to anger, and of great kindness, and he relents from doing harm. You know, in the midst of all the judgment that Joel is prophesying about, here, these two great verses come. And you know what God calls them to do? What the word of the Lord says? Turn to me with all your heart. You know, the first thing we can see is we can see a call for repentance. And it's, we need to repent genuinely. We need to genuinely repent. What did he say? Turn to me with all your heart. You know, as a country, I'm afraid too many times we just Act like we're going to do that. As individuals, we at times just think we're going to do that. Instead of with all our heart repeat. Think uh, as we look back at events that's happened in our country. We spoke earlier about 9-11. Sunday after 9-11, they said church attendance had doubled. Within a month, attendance was back down to where it always been. Why? People didn't truly repent with all their heart. Look at what he says. It was not genuine repentance. What does it say? With fasting and weeping 
and good morning. You know, in your life, there's probably not many of us that clasp a whole lot. I spoke with somebody just this past week. Really, there's been a couple of times I've called for and asked for a church wide fasts or a church lifetime of fasting. And as we were speaking, talking to this individual, I said, You know what? I said, We don't want to fast. Me and this other person. And kind of picked the time when we was going to start. You know, when you're fasting from something, it means you're serious about it. Doesn't it? You're getting real. What did he also say? Not only fasting, he said we're weeping. You know, you can tell broken hearted. It was not, it was beyond a head knowledge. It was something that they, they were doing in their heart. But not only did God call for fasting and weeping, he said mourning. Long. You know, have you ever been kept up at night with something? You know, besides just what you ate the day before. You know what I mean? You know, you know what I'm talking about, right? Something's on your mind. You know, the first thing we can see here, God's calling them to repentance. What he's calling them to is a genuine repentance. But let's go a little bit further. Verse 13. Oh, no, let's go. We're jumping ahead too quick. Beginning of verse 13. So rend your heart and not your garments. You know what God was calling them to do? Is to make a heart change instead of just a life change. You know, it's easy for us as we get ready for church to clean up and show up, right? But there's more than just cleaning up and showing up. I mean, there's a time of preparation. You know, what have we done to, to get ready? In that day, when someone was truly sorrowful, they would tear their clothes and make a big show. But what did God say? I'm not looking for a big show on the outside. I'm looking for what's happening in your heart. In years past, I've been to a number of church services where life would get excited. This at youth camp, Randy even talked about, you know, somebody running aisle with a flagpole and stuff. I said, I've been there and done, I mean, I've seen that. Okay? He never been high. But anyway, But the comment someone made once that I thought was so true. 
It's not how loud you shout and how high you jump when you're in the church. It's how straight you walk when your feet hit the ground. Right? And it really, what Joel was telling them, what God was telling them through the prophet Joel, it's not about an outward show. What's happening in us? What's going to change in our life after we leave this place this morning? What's going to change in our life next week when trouble comes? When, uh, when Satan comes and throws things in our path? What's, how, what are you going to do? But not only do we see the genuine repentance, I think we can see we need to repent genuinely, but we need to repent because God is gracious. We need to repent because God is gracious. What did he say that, uh, on down in verse 13? Return to the Lord your God, for he is gracious and merciful, slow to anger, and of great kindness, and he relents from doing harm. You know, for us today, how true is that today? We serve a gracious God, don't we? Just as I said earlier, the whole purpose of this judgment coming was not to punish them, but the whole purpose was to bring them to repentance. And here, as we see in the book of Joel, God does, he said, this judgment's coming, but you can repent. He says, repent because we because God is gracious. He is merciful. He's slow to anger and with great kindness. You know, that is something that we all need to thank God for every day. That he is patient and slow to anger. Have you ever known somebody that got mad just right off, you know, blew up? And, you know, if God was like that, we'd all be in a mess, wouldn't we? But God is slow to anger. He's very patient with us. He's so gracious. And But not only is he slow to anger and gracious, there he is up there, I can see it better. He's, uh, he, he is uh, in great kindness. He relents from doing harm. Here God has given them this promise. If, if you will repent, this harm may not come to you. And if we look back at what happened within the uh, children of Judah, within, within the tribe of Judah at that time, there was an invasion that took place. The people repented. And they did not get carried off. But you know what happened a little bit later? About a hundred years later? When Babylon showed up on the scene? Again, they were invaded. And Judah did not repent. We see where they were carried in For us today, we may think, how could you? When God has already given you this prophecy, 
and you see all this judgment that's coming, why would you not repent? So that God would relent. But how many times do we see that same thing happening in people's lives today? Trouble will come. They appear to want to turn back to God. <clears throat> and within a few weeks, back living in the same place they were. I've visited people in the hospital before. Where they almost seem like they was on their deathbed. And at that time, they want to seek God. Get out of the hospital two weeks after that, keep finding them anyway. <coughs> right? You know what? As we go on into chapter three of Joel, what we're going to see that there's going to be a greater time of judgment on Israel, in which we can look ahead and see that it'll be tribulation. And as you read through the book of Revelation, and study the book of Revelation, it kind of blows me away that when all this judgment of God begins to fall on the earth, you will see several times where the Bible says, and they did not repent. They still would not turn to God. But you know, this morning, what we need to look at for us First off, the day of the Lord is coming. Jesus will return. Right? Will it be a happy time for you? Will it be a sad time for you? When Jesus returns, where will you be? You know, for us, we need to also come to the point in our life that we need to genuinely repent. And, you know, as I say this this morning, Every one of us have something in our life that we need to repent from. Right? You say, how do you know that? Because I know me and I know y'all. Right? I know people. You say, well, what is it that I need to repent from? Just take a few moments of silence for yourself. God show you. He'll show you what, what is troubling you, what's keeping you from having a closer relationship with him. You know, that's where we are in our Christian life. We need to realize that, that we're all always growing, and we all should always be growing closer to God. But when he shows you that thing, we need to make sure we genuinely get it behind us. But then we need to repent and come closer to God because we do such gracious stuff. He is merciful. And you know, at times, it wouldn't be great if the people of God were as gracious and merciful as God is himself. How many times when someone does something against you, you're not willing to forgive when God is always He's always gracious. He, he 
you will believe, turn to judgment and rejoicing. As we continue through this chapter next week, we'll see the promises that he's going to give the people of Israel if they do return back to him and the blessings he will give as in the day of the Lord this morning. Are you looking forward to the return of Jesus? This morning, is there something you need to do about it? We repeat it, God. God is gracious. Let's bow our heads and pray. Lord, I just pray this morning. Lord, as we look in your word, I want to thank you. Lord, that you are gracious. That you are slow to anger. God, that you do believe when we repent of our sin. God, I just thank you for who you are. And Lord, as we continue to look through joy over the next few weeks, God, I pray that we will see that you are the Lord, that you work in our lives every day. God, I pray that you would show us even today, how you're working in our lives. God, I praise today that each one of us would show us the things we need to repent of in our lives. God, that we'd be willing to genuinely turn to you because you are gracious. In Jesus' name, amen. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.